We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Here we go. Salute to Knicks Nation. Lunchtime edition of the stream. CP from Knicks Fan TV checking in with a little bit of breaking news, man. It was reported this afternoon and this morning from Ian Begley of SNY that uh, the Knicks coaching search will be extended into next week. More candidates, uh, there will be more conversations being held with the candidates and that no negotiations, no contract negotiations have kicked off as yet. So what does that mean? You tell me. What does that mean in terms of Tom Thibodeau? Are the Knicks as locked in on Tibbs as we had previously heard? Or are they getting cold feet? What does that mean for the Knicks head coaching position? We did hear that Kenny Atkinson came in for his second interview on Monday. We heard from last week that Mike Woodson had his second interview as well. We'd also been hearing from the beat that uh, one of the head coaching candidates would be um, hired as an assistant coach. So what does that mean for Tom Thibodeau? So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys on the lunchtime edition. If you guys are at work, leave me a hashtag work. Hey, man, I, I think I'll tell you guys one thing. I, I think they're not as sold on Tibbs. As um, we once thought, I think as Leon Rose said, he's doing his homework. He's going to be thorough in in his due diligence. And maybe it still will be Tibbs. We don't know. Maybe next week it still will be Tibbs as as, um, previous speculation. But clearly they're doing their homework and they want to make sure that they get this thing right. And I don't blame them. I, I don't blame them whatsoever. So it still could be Tibbs. But, you know, for them to be dragging this thing on for three weeks now, although Leon Rose said they're expecting to make a decision between mid to late July, so he's still on time. He's not late necessarily, but the speculation is killing us. But I just think that if Tibbs is the guy, they would have made that decision already. What do you guys think? 
You know, I think if, if Tibbs was was truly, truly the guy, um, as was speculated even as soon as Leon Rose was hired, that was that was a speculation. I think they would have made that decision already. So clearly, there is some debates here, maybe internally, maybe Perry, Wes, uh, Walt Perrin, you know, may may have some some thoughts on it that you know. Maybe they want to look somewhere else or, or just make sure that they, they turn over all stones before they go to Tibbs. Or could it be a situation where uh, there's, there's a negotiation in terms of um, who comprises the staff, right? Because like I said earlier, we're hearing from Ian Begley that uh, one of the head coaching candidates will be brought on as an assistant coach. You have people out there that are saying it could be a, a Thibodeau, Woodson, Miller, Bench, could Atkinson still be on top of that as the associate coach? That'd be a high. That would be a high price bench right there. But could could that still be possible? Now, Chris Eisman of um, North Jersey, I think he's NorthJersey.com. Chris Eisman, yeah, North Jersey. He says that uh, the next talks with candidates are indeed likely to continue into next week should then have a coach name before the end of the week. So, clearly, something is up. I can't put my finger on it. Something is up with this search. Are they all the way in on tapes? Are they considering other candidates? Let me hear from some callers real quick on this lunchtime edition. Let's go to Maryland. Keevon, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, CP? How you feeling, bro? Doing well, doing well. Uh, shout out to everybody. Shout out to all the Knicks fans. Um, I would like to talk about Tim, uh, Tom Thibodeau. Um, I, hope, I hope I'm getting that name right. <laughs> but um, Tibbs, mm-hmm. um, he's not the guy. Like, I don't think he's the guy for the Knicks. I don't really like the whole veteran, veteran presence playing guys. 40, 42 minutes a night. Um, I just don't think that he could transfer the success that he had with Chicago into this new NBA. And I think Minnesota is a good example of him not being able to do that. Um, I would rather us have Kenny Atkinson. I'm even warming up to the idea of Mike Woodson because they, they play with these play styles that are about open court about spreading the court, they play fast, they play up-tempo. Um, Tibbs does not do that, and I just feel like I'm very curious about this connection between Leon Rose and Tibbs. It seems like they have a long-standing relationship. Mm-hmm. But is that all we want? Is you know, is, is the relationship that he has existing with Tibbs, is that good enough reason uh, to hire him? Um, also... If we go with a guy like Tibbs, I'm wondering how long that contract's going to be. Um, how much are we signing ourselves up for? Because it's not going to be uh, inexpensive. It's going to be very expensive mm-hmm. uh, to hire a guy like Tibbs. So, I mean, yo, where are we, how many coaches are we paying right now? Currently, <laughs> Fizz, like, we're still paying Fizz coaches. Still his I think we might be still still paying for like Phil Jackson and, and other co- and Phil Jackson wasn't a coach, but we're we're paying David Fisdale. We're playing. We're paying many other coaches. Yeah, we're going to sign up for another long-term contract uh, with the guy who just proved to us that he was not able to um, 
take, you know, adapt to the new NBA. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm not looking forward to Tibbs reuniting with Taj Gibson the way how he's, he had Taj Gibson in Chicago, he had him in Minnesota, and now he's about to have him in New York again. Are y'all ready for 38 minutes a night of Taj, of Taj Gibson? I don't know. <laughs> so, those are some of my thoughts. I appreciate the call, Kevon, and good call. Listen, I, I think I think Kevon's um, concerns are well taken. You know, it, it, is Tibbs the guy that's going to truly fit with the way the NBA is going? Is the Minnesota stint, uh, you know, an indication of his failure to adapt? I'm not so sure, but I think it's a it's a fair, you know, it, it's a it's a fair concern. You know what I mean? This is a what have you done late? What have you done lately? Um, league clearly. So I, I think I think your 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 concerns are, are reasonable. Um, in terms of of the contract, you know they are still paying uh, Fisdale all twenty two million. You know, and that's something to consider. This was from um, Berman's article, Mark Berman of the New York Post. And his article touched on a topic that we talked about in the previous show, which was in terms of the Knicks front office selecting the assistant coach or the head coach selecting the assistant coach. You know, who's who's supposed to be building out that bench? Is it is it a collaborative effort? Is it the front office dictating who the, the lead candidate Tibbs should be bringing in? Or is it the head coach who should be uh, dictating um, the, the bench who should be, you know, composing his own bench and Berman's article from a, according to an NBA source says that, um, it's still Tibbs's job and that he trusts Leon in the front office to, uh, hire the assistant coach, whether that's Mike Miller, Atkinson, Mike Woodson. But the article also goes on to say, and this is from Berman saying, you know, keep in mind in terms of the salary that Nix is still paying David Fisdale. All twenty-two million for for a, a one and, and a quarter season failure. Knicks is still paying David Fisdale, and from what I heard, once uh, Mills and Perry came out with that press conference in November and essentially threw Fisdale on the bus, Fisdale pretty much packed it up and said was just waiting to be fired so that he can collect on that money. He wasn't going to quit. He was going to wait to be fired, but he, he he had essentially quit on the team by that point because he knew there was no way for him to win. You know, he he knew there were there was no way for him to win. So what Berm is basically saying is that you know Dolan is going to take his time on this because you got to assume Thibodeau, whoever the coach is going to be, they're going to give him a four year deal. There's not I don't there's no good it's not going to be a short term type of thing, especially when you may have other options out there with far more competitive teams ready to win now. So I, I would assume it's going to be a four year deal, and yeah, you're going to have to pay. On top of what you're paying Fisdale and the, his bench and his staff, who you cut, Caleb Canales and, and Keith Smart, those guys, he's still paying those guys. So um, on top of the fact that you're looking at less revenue coming in for, for next season, you know, I, you, you can't blame the owner for taking his time with this one and making sure that his new front office are uh, getting all their ducks in a row. In terms of getting his head coaching hire gun in, so what do you guys think of Kevon's comments in terms of Tibbs not being the guy? You know, what what do you guys think about that? Uh, I think I think it's fair points, man. Let's hear from my guy Ron Cleveland on this matter. Ron, how you feeling? Hey, 
Hello? Hey, yo, CP. Yo, what's good, bro? Man, 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 man. <laughs> hey, I'm getting a little delayed. I'm, I heard it with the other guy that was talking. When he was talking, it was echoing. Okay. I'm getting, I'm getting a little delayed. All right, yeah, just go ahead now. Should be good. Yeah, um, I'm going to tell you what, what I'm thinking with uh, Tim. I think that the delay is really trying to formulate this thing where they're going to have like a dream team staff. Hmm. It's not going to be a person coming in that's going to coach and they're just going to have everyone in the middle of who they're going to bring in. But they're really trying to assemble this thing. Like, if you remember what Steve Jobs had to say about what being Apple runs so so nice, like a smooth all machine, was the fact that the people that was under him. It wasn't necessarily all of him. And so I think that's what really is the holdup, is they're going to assemble this thing just like they're doing with the front office. I give Leon Rose a lot of credit, man. That dude is smart. You don't you don't become a power broker the way he did it as an agent without having some insight on how to run a business. And so I think that he's taking a business approach with this hire, and whoever he hires is going to have to have that kind of that kind of aptitude to say, hey, it's not going to just be me running the show, but I'm going to have to have some smart people underneath me. That's the only way you do good business. And, and so far, as I, I listened to the other caller, what he had to say about Tibbs, I'm not going to kill Tibbs as a coach, and I'm going to tell you why, even with that situation in Minnesota. Let's remember when he went to Minnesota, because that's the only blemish on his record as a coach. Mm -hmm. But when he went to Minnesota, he didn't go there strictly as a coach. He was wearing two hats. And it's hard to be a GM and, and president and trying to be a coach. You can't, you can't do two things like that. Because on one end, you got to be a coach to play the players. Then you got to be evaluating these players that you possibly got to trade. That, that was too much. And if you look at the history of, in all sports, when, when a, a, except in the New England, normally when a coach has two hats like that, it normally turns out bad. So I, I'm, not, I'm not in nowhere, no way worried about kids being the coaches. Even Todd Gibson. Todd Gibson, let's just be real. That dude is not going to play no 38 minutes. That was that was an exaggeration by that last caller. Yeah. Dude is not playing mm -hmm. playing thirty eight minutes. So so that's my take on it. They they are simply in the dream team, man. They're not gonna, gonna just have just one man running the show. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that on, on the Taj um topic that you know I d I don't think you no know, tips coming here is gonna indicate that Taj is gonna get all those minutes. Um now, the Dream Team staff that they're trying to put together is possible. You know, it's quite possible. I don't see why they couldn't make the coaching announcement and, and then fill out the staff later on. You know, I don't I don't see why it has to be a, a one-shot bang announcement, whole staff, you know. But, listen, anything is possible right now. I don't think anybody really knows the answer. Um, the team is certainly keeping it close to the vest in terms of what they're doing and what they're thinking is. Um, like I said, Leon Rose has said that, uh, you know, it, it's going to be end of um, mid to end of July. And it seems like he's sticking to that. So let's see what happens. Let, let's definitely see what happens. Um, but to, to Ron's point, you know, Ron brought up the fact that Tibbs would no longer be wearing dual hats if he came here. And this was an interesting article from the Minnesota Star Tribune. 
uh, from last year in January. This was from Chip Scogins, who talked about um, the reason Tibbs was fired and, and said it was it was only a matter of time. It was long overdue why Tibbs was fired. And I'll throw this in the chat right now for you guys to um, take a look because it is a pretty interesting read. Um, but he, he, he touched on that. He, he touched on that, uh, on Ron Cleveland's point that part of the issue was Tibbs having to wear that dual hat, uh, the president of basketball operations, having to compose a roster as well. Some would argue what wasn't the best fit. Even Jamal Crawford, uh, when he left Minnesota last year, had stated that it wasn't the proper fit for him. I'd love to know more on why. You know, was it Tibbs? Was it the system? Was it the roster? What was it? So, it's interesting. So now, if he comes here without having to worry about having to put a roster together and so on and so forth, does he fare better as a coach? You know, does he fare better as a coach? My question is always with Tibbs has been, can he shake the stigma? Can he shake the stigma of of, uh, overworking players? Can he shake the stigma of, you know, the system not being adequate for today's NBA, right? Is it a, is it a scheme issue? This is what we talked about on the last show. Is it a scheme issue or is it going to be a personnel issue? Because I feel like they're not going to have the personnel to, to fit Tibbs' scheme, which is going to require a lot of awareness, a lot of communication, and a lot of athleticism, some flexibility out there. I'm not so sure if they're going to have that 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 personnel in there to run that scheme. So there's going to have to be some adjustments there. Stephen Fox in, his, in the chat says, old dogs don't learn new tricks. Again, all fair. And I think this is why I, I lead more towards Atkinson. This is why I lead more towards Atkinson. I feel like neither coach is the ideal coach to um, take the Knicks to a win now, right? We're still in development mode. We're in the rebuild mode. Right now, we need a coach that are going to make our players better, instill a culture, instill a foundation, and and lay that foundation across, down, across like four years. We need that stability. Then at the end of that four years, hopefully you're taking steps incrementally. Then you reevaluate and say, okay, can this coach, in in conjunction with the front office, are they going to help us get the right pieces in place and ultimately win some significant games, right? Talking playoffs and so on. So I, I think I think those are those are the questions and, and that's why I kind of lead more towards Kenny uh from a play development standpoint. So um but back to Chip's Chip's article on on uh Tibbs, right? He says that uh Glenn Taylor, the then owner of the Timberwolves, likely could not have landed Thibodeau without granting him control of personnel. But the owner learned an expensive lesson. One person should not be entrusted with both of those jobs. It's an outdated model that poses too many challenges and competing interests. Ultimately, Thibodeau failed at both jobs, but he did more damage as personnel czar because roster construction is paramount. And the Wolves desperately needed a more detached approach from the whole Butler ordeal. 
And that was another thing they knocked Tibbs on was the whole Jimmy Butler meltdown in practice. You know, Tibbs, obviously, that being his guy, they didn't feel like Tibbs handled it forcefully enough. You know, he felt like Jimmy Butler was just out there kind of running the show. And so in that role, Tibbs was kind of acting as the coach more so than he should have been acting as a president of basketball operations. So, again, you know, very interesting, very interesting debate. Very interesting debate. Definitely check out that article by Chip Scogans on the Star Tribune on, uh, this was was printed last year, on why Tibbs was let go. All right, let's go. <clears throat> Let's go back to the phones. Jason from Brooklyn up next. Jason, how you feeling? Yeah, what's going on, man? First time caller, CP. How you feeling, bro? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Love your show. Love your show. Um, I'm going to be quick because I can't really hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to point out that, you know, we got to calm down a little bit because Leon Rose has been consistent. And uh, what he's been doing so far, um, he's been more on the side of, on the development side, like, for instance, um, the Walt Perrin higher, the Frank Zanin higher, you know what I mean? I think I think we're finally turning a leaf here. It's not more so of the, oh, the same old Knicks just hiring a coach that doesn't fit. I believe we're actually going to hire a combination of two guys um, that would provide a modern offense as well as a coach that gets along with the youth. So I'm thinking maybe Woody slash Kid, Woody Atkinson, Miller, Atkinson, some sort of uh, combination like that instead of uh, the Tibbs. And also, I believe that combination might be a little bit cheaper than Tibbs. Um, and and uh, one more thing before I head out, we got to stop listening to certain writers. Like if it's not from Ian Begley mm-hmm. or my man Walsh. I take it with it. I don't even believe it most of the time. <laughs> all right, that's all. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, Appreciate it, appreciate it, bro. Yeah, listen, you, you know, you got to take a lot of these things with a grain of salt. A lot of these, when a lot of these topics come up, it, it's for the the mere debates. You know, it's just to, to weigh the pros and cons of certain things. And certain things do come to through to fruition, and some don't. You know, some is just merely speculation and throwing uh, stuff to the wind. So, we we definitely understand that uh, the Thibodeau ordeal, you know, finding a, a, a offensive assistant coach would be ideal for sure. I think, as you said, um, having someone on your staff that that has a good relationship with the players would be ideal as well. And so, even though I don't understand a Tibbs Woodson pairing, just having two different defensive philosophies, uh, Woodson does has that have that reputation for being a player's coach, but at the same time being respected to uh, command the locker room. You know, Felton had said that, Rasheed Wallace had said that, Kenyon Martin had said that as well when we had them on the show. Was that, you know, uh, Woodson, he, he, he gets the most out of his locker room, they buy in, uh, but, he, but he also, he's a former player, they identify with that, they respect him a lot for that, and, and he meshes well um, with the players as a result. So, we'll see. We'll see. Ken, Kenny's uh, reputation is he, he's a scruff guy. You know, he's a no-nonsense guy as well. Not sure how he got along with the Nets players. I ha- I didn't hear that much, you know, complaints. Again, what happened with Katie and Kyrie, we don't know. But 
again, it's, it's, it's going to be very interesting uh, to see what this combination of coaches are going to look like whenever it's announced. Whenever it is announced, man. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up on free boys. 360 on the lunchtime check-in, man. If you guys are at work right now, if you guys are working, leave me a hashtag work. If you're new in the chat, leave a hashtag new and we'll shout you guys out. And uh, yeah, man, good stuff. What'd you guys think about the restart last night? A couple, couple scrimmage games going on. You had uh, Nuggets and Wizards. You had Nets and Pelicans going on. Not too bad. Not, not too shabby. It's still a very weird dynamic without the crowd. Once the games get into it and you get to like the playoffs, you know, it's almost going to all have the same meaning, I, I guess, unless you get into some close games. So it'll be very interesting to see how the how the players adjust. The The bowl, bowl uh, attention was just off the charts, man. I mean, it was good to see him out there just to see how he looked and see how he played. And he certainly had some highlights, but damn, I mean, the announcers were going crazy over him. Like he was the second coming, like. Come on. You know, he should definitely make that uh, that Nuggets team a lot more interesting. When you look at that Nuggets team and them having, uh, uh, you know, MPJ and a bowl bowl just buying low. You know, that's the, those are some nice assets to have for your future. So we'll see. You had a lineup of uh, Jokic out there at the one. You had bowl bowl at the two. Paul Millsap, Jeremy Grant. And Plumley, that was their starting lineup last night. So Kenny Scott says those Nuggets announcers were awful. Yeah, they were terrible, man. I, I couldn't, I couldn't listen to it. Made me want to turn off the game. I, I just kept looking at the game though. So Kyle says some guys looked out of shape. Yeah, you know, so the guys are just getting their legs under them. That's why it's crucial to get those, uh, those uh, scrimmages in. But it was just good to see Victor Barahona in the chat. Victor, how you feeling? Good, good to see you in here. Uh, let's shout out some of the hashtag news. Make sure you guys, uh, the the link for the mailing list is coming through. If you're already signed up for the mailing list, don't worry about it. We have your email. But for those of you that are new, like 1975 Classic, welcome to the chat. Chase Coomer, Cameron Ballou. Um, Make sure you guys fill out the link. The link should be going through in the chat for the mailing list. We're going to be starting a website. We want to make sure that we have everybody's contact captured. Uh, we want to own this platform and, and own this show on our own platform as well as YouTube. So we just want to make sure we, we keep in touch with everybody and let everybody know what's going on. News, events, giveaways, all that type of stuff. So make sure you sign up for the mailing list. We don't give your information away. We will never sell your information. This is strictly for the community and just making sure that we stay in touch with each other. All right. Uh, okay. A couple more calls before we wrap up this lunchtime session. So to everybody in the chat once again, let's go to um let's go to Kentucky. Dr. Lynn in this in the building. Dr. Lynn, how you doing? Doing good. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. What what's your points today? Well, do you think you think Kevin Knox is ever going to really take it to the next level? I you know, being from Kentucky, you know, Kevin Knox was my guy, UK. I, I just I want him to succeed. I just don't know if really the net, if he can get that going with the Knicks. Hey, listen, I think that's a million-dollar question, Lynn. That's a million-dollar question. I think year three for Kev is going to be a telling year. You know, what is he going to be? He's, such, he's very raw. He's very um, immature from a basketball standpoint. You know, uh, he needs to be developed. He needs to be developed. And now this kid is looking at his third head coach in as many seasons. 
that doesn't help. That certainly does not help. So, you know, the Knicks have to be cognizant of of what they're going to do with, with Kevin. You know, what, what do they see in Kevin? What does the future hold? He has no trade value. So at this point, they, they need to uh, develop him. Now, you know, what, what didn't bode well for Kevin last year was the Knicks having a bevy of capital to spend on free agency. They went out, they got Marcus Morris. They went out, they got Bobby Portis. And they buried him. And they buried him. And it's hard to, you can't argue against it. I mean, Mook was the best player on the Knicks. Portis served his role, you know, weaknesses and all. He served his role. Um, I still think they should have, they should have given him, given Kevin some of Portis's minutes, but, you know, Kev also struggled. So it's going to be interesting to see with any upgrades that they bring in this year again, because I still think they need some three point shooting on the perimeter. Uh, on top of what what's Iggy's role? Is Iggy going to get a look? What do they do in the draft? So Kev has to be careful here, or else he could get buried again in his third year. So he's he has to step it up himself. I mean, very interesting to see what happens with Kev this year. But I wish him well, man. I think Kev has potential. I like his jump shot. I like his the, the length that he has out there. You know, we we've seen Kev his his flashes. And so hopefully, you know, he, he can he can string it together. I think he has to work on his finishing. Certainly his defense has to improve. He he tried to work on that at the end of this year. Defense definitely has to improve and just overall court awareness, you know. Kev always looks so lost out there, out of place, out of position, you know, a step late on things. So Kev Kev has to step it up. You know, and, and but I'm gonna stay optimistic optimistic with him. You know, that, that the fact that he's only 20 years old and he still has some some room to grow. Coach Cal at Kentucky, you know, said the same thing. That you got to give Kev some time. So, uh, let, let's see how that shapes up. Appreciate the call, Dr. Lynn. Ari in the building. Ari, what's up, bro? What's up, man? What's going on? All right. So, um, yeah, I hear you a little bit, but I'll just get into it, I guess. So, um, you know, with regarding this coaching search, you know, the one thing that um, I, I'm, I'm kind of against that I think most people are for is that they're talking about, like, Tibbs and Atkinson or, like, you know, Woody and Atkinson, Tibbs and, like, uh, like basically like a ticket, like a president-vice president type thing. The thing with that is I don't like that because it gives one guy the opportunity to undermine the other guy and it can cause more division in uh, the locker room and things like that, you know. Um that's why I think it's better to whoever head coach you pick, you let them bring in their guys so there's like a hierarchy of order um, to get their message across. So, you know, that was kind of the concern with the Lakers, with Vogel and Jason Kidd. Everyone's like, okay, Jason Kidd's going to be the real coach of this team, not not Frank Vogel. And, I mean, they have LeBron James, so obviously it worked out for them. But it's just something that, you know, I could just see causing more division inside of, a, inside of, inside of the organization when no – None of these head coaching candidates—they both—they all have the cachet to be head coaching candidates, um, and they don't have like like you know they could have conflicting ideologies, and they could like certain players more than the other. And I just think it's like yeah. I think it's something to be careful about. Personally, sure. I would just pick one of these guys, and I would pick the guy. And this is my next point: you don't pick. I I, I don't like this like this is my philosophy type thing. I think mm-hmm. you look at the roster and then you adjust your philosophy based on the talent, talent. of the roster yep. to put them in the best position to win. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, like Tibbs is a defensive guy, right. You know, so like if the team is just not really good at defense, 
you should just pay more running gun basketball. And, you know, you have to adjust. Basically, you have to adjust to the, the talent on the team as opposed to having the talent on the team just to your philosophy. This is why the the, um, the, the triangle never worked with Hornacek or whatever, right? Sure. So, you know, I think it's important that whoever is the coach, he's malleable enough to, to construct an offense and defense that meets the strengths of these players, mm. not, not impose their own philosophy on the team. And that's my concern with Tibbs. Right now, next thing. This Mike Miller nonsense, yeah, I, I don't want to hear it. Mike Miller got to go, okay? The only reason people like Mike Miller is because he did better than Fisdale, but I could have done better than Fisdale also, and I, that doesn't mean I'm a good coach, okay? Mike Miller's unqualified because he had Dotson and Iso oh. on the bench, and he was playing Wayne Ellington and, and, uh, and Bullock. And if you're going to keep Iso on the bench when you have nothing to lose, you're just unqualified. So I would just ship him, uh, like, goodbye, Mike Miller. I don't want Mike Miller, all right? So cut this Mike Miller nonsense out, all right? <laughs> Goodbye, Mike Miller, right? Um, now, the thing that the other thing is that if you do get Tibbs, if you do decide to move in the Tibbs direction, I, I, I really look into that CP3 deal, man, because CP3 will, will be an extension of the coach. He'll hold people accountable. And, you know, if you, and like I said, you don't overpay for CP3. You, no first-round picks, no none of that. But if Tibbs is your guy... It's good to have a veteran present who people respect on the team. And I would look into the CP3 deal. And, you know, everyone is going to, like, say CP3 is over the hill, whatever, past his prime. Let's not forget that he was on the floor in the last minute of the All-Star game, the 10 best players in the world, playing competitive basketball. He was on the floor and he was contributing, okay? He made OKC turn OKC around, Chris Paul, all right? We're not trying to win a championship, all right? We're just trying to put a culture in place. We're trying to spread the floor and get shooting, and that's why I think you should look into the CP3 deal, even if you don't get Tibbs. Yeah. But if you get Tibbs, definitely, definitely look into the CP3 deal. And, you know, I would draft LaMelo Ball regardless, but if you don't get LaMelo Ball, I would look into the CP3 deal um, deal more. So, you know, where, it come, where I stand is that you pick a coach who's going to adjust to the to the roster, not impose his philosophy on a roster, make sure they're accountable, and at the end of the day, the Knicks aren't going to win anything anyway if Julius Randle is your best player on your team, right? So, you know, I think it's more important that Leon Rhodes brings in shooting, high basketball IQ guys, and, you know, and basically like a, a point guard, obviously. Um, and, you know, I would just be careful of this this ticket, this, this Tibbs-Woodson thing. I would just mm-hmm. pick a guy, have him bring his guys in, Hold everyone accountable, and if you get Tibbs, make the CP3 deal and draft Lamella Ball. That's where I'm at. And goodbye, Mike Miller. Goodbye. Right? <laughs> Adios. That's where I'm at. Ari had some catching up to do, man. Ari, Ari missed a couple shows, man. It was his birthday a couple weeks ago. He's out getting after it in the city. You know, CP the artist was taking some shots at him. I think Ari still has some ammo in, in, in the tank for CP the artist, but Ari had to catch up and he made some good points. Listen, I, I agree on the CP3 thing. I think if there's a reasonable deal to be had for CP3, I think that the positives outweigh the negatives, which would be uh, the injury risk and the contract. I think we need a table setter. A young team alone is not going to get it done, in my opinion, uh, unless you're just getting the next generational athlete and doesn't look like that's coming in this draft. So I think a CP3 table setter would be great to allow these young guys to mature. If there's a reasonable deal to be had um, on the the coach assistant coach dynamic. I mean, I would have to think that it, whether it's Tibbs or whoever the head coach is going to be, there has to be a collaboration in terms of who the assistant coach is going to be. I mean, 
it's not a Vogel situation where he's looking to reclaim his reputation. And so he doesn't really have much options, right? I saw that in what Hornacek did when he came here, right? Like Hornacek, he had to take this job and had to take the triangle because he wasn't going to get an opportunity anywhere else. You know, so this was his way of trying to get back into the league. Now, obviously that failed after a failed stint with the Knicks. But with Thibodeau, I would have to think that if he's the guy and he has the relationship with Leon Rose, as they say he does, they have to give him some sort of say in terms of who's going to be on his bench. I mean, to me, not not allowing him that leeway would be foolish, in my opinion, especially when Leon Rose is new on the job himself. You know what I mean? What, what do you guys think in the chat? I would have to think it's a collaborative effort. So when you think about, you know, dueling philosophies and dueling egos, it's got to be somebody that t- that Tibbs or whoever the head coach is going to be has has a good rapport with and is willing to work with, you know, or else that would just be foolish. I don't think they would be operating so blindly where it's like, okay, here's Tibbs and you have to hire Kenny Atkinson or, or here's Mike Woodson as, as your, as your associate coach, hella high water. I, I don't think they, I don't think they would go that route. Anything is possible, but I, I don't think they would go that route. Um, and then Ari, Ari had to, uh, he, he had to throw Mike Miller on the bus. Come on, Ari, man. What did, what did Mike Miller do to you, man? The, the, the Isozo Dotson, uh, failures by Mike Miller. Uh, put him in Ari's doghouse. Come on, Ari, man. Come on, Ari. You know, listen. I think Mike Miller. I, I've I've said some positive things about him. He's a basketball lifer. The team improved a little bit under his leadership. At, immediately, that we cannot deny. And I think he does. He deserves a position with this team, whether it's back in the G League or an assistant coach on the staff. I don't see why not. I don't see why not. Uh, I think Mike Miller deserve, deserves that opportunity. Look, look what he had to deal with. The, the mess that is the New York Knicks. Give him a promotion. You know, give him the, give him the Herb Williams uh, uh, deal. Give him the Herb deal. Mike Miller deserves that. He might be the next Herb. <laughs> to, to outlast multiple regimes and still have a seat on that bench. So... You know, that's that. But we'll see what happens, man. We'll, we'll definitely see what happens. Uh, salute to everybody in the chat once again. This was definitely a, a good session. Lunchtime session. Something to think about. What is going on with these Knicks? What we do know is that the conversation for head coach, the interviews are continuing into next week with a lot of the guys on the beat speculating that A decision is going to be made at the end of next week. So what does that mean? Is Tibbs still a lock? Are they going to go another way? Or are they just negotiating for the bench, filling out the bench to make a a, a bang announcement? I have no idea, ladies and gentlemen. I have no clue. But uh, that's what the show is all about. It's about the discussions. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. All the mods. Alex Trotaros, appreciate it. TM, appreciate it. Dave, appreciate it. Everybody, wherever you are, checking in around the world, be safe out there. Have a great day. Uh, hit that notification bell, man. Working on working on something. Working on something. I I, I don't want to say anything right now. Like I said, well, we always working. So just be ready. You know, just like we have 400 people in the chat right now. Be already. Be ready for the next show. 
hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell so you don't miss the next one. Also, uh, get your merch. Merch right below this video. Please support us. Definitely appreciate everybody who um, support us with the monetary donations. Uh, there was a super chat that came in, but I, I lost that data, so my apologies. Whoever did send a super chat, I appreciate you. And for those of you that are new, remember this show is available in audio podcast format. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Alexa, Google Play, and Stitcher, so you never have an excuse to miss a show. And uh, let's continue the conversation afterwards, man. Join our Discord group. We'll throw a link in the chat for our Discord group. We also have a private Twitter DM group as well. So the conversation is always going. Uh, there's a lot of people in, in both of these groups, whatever your platform of preference is. And uh, yeah, man, tune in. We'll see you guys next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.